You're listening to Peace to You, a series on how to find sanity and peace in a crazy world. We're going to be wrapping up this series today in Philippians chapter 4, focusing on the topic of rejoicing. This is what the Apostle Paul tells us. When things are crazy, when things are out of control, Paul tells us to rejoice always, in all circumstances, no matter what is happening. It's a powerful command, and we're going to learn a lot of key truths from this remaining section in Philippians. Before we jump into that, just a reminder for college students, college night is happening on Mondays at 7.30. The next one's going to be on the 31st, August 31st, and it's going to be at the Four Oaks Midtown Church building. We're actually changing locations. It's going to be actually at the church this time. And also, on the 30th, this coming Sunday, after second service, we're going to have a college lunch. So if you're a college student, we're going to feed you for free. You can come out and learn more about what it means to be part of Four Oaks. And we're going to be socially distancing and wearing masks, the whole shebang. We're going to keep it safe. So put those on your calendar. 30th, college lunch. 31st, college night. Let's talk about rejoicing. It's a pretty bold statement that Paul starts off with in Chapter 4 of Philippians, he says, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. He adds some emphasis to it. I mean, his whole point is for us to understand that the Christian life is meant to be full of joy, which is hard because there's a lot of things that aren't so fun in this life. But you have to remember The guy who's saying this, the guy who's commanding this is a guy who's currently, or at least during the writing of this letter, is in a Roman jail cell. A tiny, unsanitary, disgusting, dark, horrible place. And he has been whipped. He has been shipwrecked. He has been accused. He has been arrested. He has been poor. He has been hungry. He's experienced all kinds of difficulty suffering for the Lord. And this is the guy saying, rejoice always, all circumstances, at all times times. This is a command from the Lord, which is a remarkable thing for us to see. But notice what he says. He says, I want you to rejoice in the Lord, in the Lord, meaning this is a joy that comes supernaturally. This is the joy that comes from God. It's a gift of God. And you can only know it if you know it in the Lord, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord, because it's God himself who enables us to endure With peace, all the trials that come our way. You have to know who the Lord is. This is why Paul says, listen, the Lord is near. He's near to us. He cares about us. He has a sovereign good plan for our life. Even though he sends trials, he is in control and has calibrated every single trial for our good. God is never distant from us. But our experience of him can be distant because of sin because of a lack of faith, because of, a, because of idolatry, because we start trusting in other things rather than God to help us. And Paul's reminding us, God wants us to rejoice in all circumstances and to remember that God is near. So we have to really understand, are we being, as Paul says, is our reasonableness being known? You know, reasonableness can be, can be translated uh, forbearance or patience or even contentment. Do people know us for our contentment, for our patience in the midst of suffering? Or are we just as anxious and just stressed out like the rest of the world? We need to be countercultural in this. So Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always so that the people around you can see how patient you are, how trusting you are of the Lord, how you know that he's going to take care of all the details in my life 
and he's going to endure, he's going to help me to endure whatever trials he sends my way. Sometimes our expectations of life are, are selfish and all about ourselves. And we get anxious because our comfort is disrupted or some or a dream or a preference is taken away. And God wants to sanctify us from that. Sometimes God shakes us up so that we learn the real meaning of joy and the real meaning of peace. There's a couple ways that Paul tells us that we can find this kind of joy in the midst of chaos. First, we rejoice by praying to God with thanksgiving. It's an amazing promise. Paul says, instead of being anxious, don't be anxious, first of all, but replace that anxiety with prayer, offering supplications to the Lord. But do it with thanksgiving. That's the key word. Some of you might be saying, I've tried that. I told God what I needed, and I, and then after telling him all the stuff I'm worried about, nothing happened. I, I didn't feel any peace. Well, did you do it with thanksgiving? Because that's part of the verse too, right? We have to understand that this is not like a quick fix, one time does it all. God gives us peace, not in a lump sum, but he gives us peace as we need it. So if you have something anxious, that, something that you're anxious about, you go to the Lord and you say, instead of worrying about this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what I need. I'm going to tell you what I'm anxious about. And then I'm going to let it go. I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to like unload it on you. And then I'm not going to touch it again. And if you find yourself tempted to worry again, do the same process. It's going to take, if you do it 15 times in a day, do it 15 times in a day. Do it as many times as you need to. Keep going to the Lord in prayer and saying, Lord, these are the things that are weighing me down. These are the trials. These are the anxieties that I have. God, help me. Give me peace. Help me trust you with this. Don't, as Doug Wilson says, don't worry on your knees. Don't just complain about things or whine about things before God without finally embracing the gift, the command that God has to say, God wants it. Cast your anxieties on me. Turn the page. Give it over to me as many times as you need to, as often as you need to, but do it with thanksgiving. Why? Because if you have to come with thanksgiving, what does that assume? That God is good, that God is sovereign, that God is in control of your trial, and that you're not in control. You have to accept all those things before you can have gratitude. So God is actually trying to mold our hearts as we, as we deal with our anxieties. Lord, you are doing something good through this trial, right? What happened to me may be evil, what I'm feeling may be a result of the fall of the world, but your purpose is still good. You're doing something in this, and I can thank you in advance because your character never changes. You were always good, and you were truly sovereign over all things. So I can say, Lord, this is the trial I have. I thank you for it. I thank you for what you're doing in it, what you promised to do through it. And now here are my anxieties about it. Here's where I need help. And God promises he's going to give you peace. And he's going to give it to you as often as you need it, which might be a lot, which means you're supposed to, like Paul says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And you will find that as you make this a discipline in your life, you're going to see that the Lord will provide for you. He's going to help you in the midst of your trials. Is it bigger than you? Then it's worth praying about. Does it bother you at all? Let it be known to God and then give it to him. Give it to him, give it to him, and thank him for what he's going to do. The second thing Paul tells us is to set our minds on what is good and true. That's how we rejoice. He says there's got to be a discipline. Your minds are always set on something, right? When you're scrolling mindlessly through Instagram or Facebook or watching ads or going on YouTube, your mind is, is slowly buying into these narratives and these stories. And if you think that you're not affected, that's how effective this is, right? It makes you think that you're fine. 
You can just turn away from this TV show. You can turn away from this worldly ideology and just be fine. Go back to church and be fine. But this stuff really sinks its teeth into our minds, doesn't it? It really finds its way in and starts to affect the way that we live. So are we setting our minds on what's true and beautiful and praiseworthy and excellent? Not just overtly spiritual things. These aren't just Christian things. But, but Paul is saying God has ownership of every good thing in the world. All the beauty of nature, all the beauty of art, the, 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 the beauty of music and, and friendship and food and all these things, all these wonderful things that aren't explicitly Christian are still things that we should set our minds on and enjoy. But what is filling our time? Are we consuming media that is just full of lies, full of materialism, full of envy, full of immorality, full of godlessness? Are we seriously taking account of what's going in? And maybe that's what's affecting our peace. We need to pay attention to what we are surrounded by. We also have to pay attention to who we're surrounded by. Notice that Paul says, I want you to follow my example. Meaning that he's a guy that does this. He's a guy that you can look at and go, I want to be like Paul. You think about people you grew up with. They were very influential in your life for good or for ill right? Your parents are influences, but your friends in high school are huge influences and they can oftentimes be terrible influences. So you got to be careful. Who are you around in your circles? Are they people who set their minds on what's true and beautiful? Or do they set their minds on the lowest kind of media, the most trivial, superficial kinds of things? Be serious about that. Who are you surrounding yourself with? What is affecting your conversations? But where this all comes together is how Paul ends. It's difficult, right? It's hard to rejoice. It's hard to set our minds on what's true and beautiful in a world that is constantly bombarding us for its attention. And this is why it's so calming and and so helpful that Paul says, I do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This isn't just for football teams hoping that God will let them score a touchdown. It's really not for that at all. What Paul is talking about is he's saying, look, whether I have plenty or little, whether I'm in comfort or not in comfort or suffering, I can rejoice. I can can be content. Contentment is not laziness. Contentment is not saying, well, calling a bad situation good. Contentment is trusting the Lord in all circumstances. Contentment is not looking to your own rights and preferences, but looking beyond that. What is God's purpose in this? What is God calling me to, me to do in, in terms of service to others in this situation? It's, it's a death to self that brings contentment. It's no longer all of your desires. I've heard it said once that uh, a healthy man uh, has a million wishes, but a sick man only has one. Right? A healthy man has all these desires, but a man who's suffering, who's sick, realizes, man, all I need is to be healthy. What's that telling us? So much of our anxiety is from all these desires that are meaningless. But what do we really need? Right? We need the Lord. We need to, we, we need to trust Him. And Paul says, as long as the Lord is near to me, I have everything I truly need, no matter the circumstance. Do you believe that? Do you really do that? If you're me, you probably don't do it as often as you should. Okay, I know that's my problem. But this is the exhortation. Paul would not be stressing this if he didn't know it was a struggle in people's lives. If you want the peace that God promises, go to him. Go to him asking for it. Is it bigger than you? Are situations tougher than you can handle? Good. That's exactly where you need to be. Trust God with it. We have troubles in our lives. This is a fact of life. But we don't want our troubles to have us. We don't want them to control us. And we don't need to. 
God's promises are true. Are you willing to go to him and cast all your anxieties on him, to pray and to ask him with thanksgiving to help you be content in all things. Thank you for listening to this series. We're going to be delivering more content for you. Please subscribe to this on the Four Oaks Midtown podcast and continue to watch on Four Oaks College Instagram TV.